Welcome to Transforming Education, Leadership Lessons. This podcast is hosted by Northwestern College. We're bringing you thought leaders who are influencing education and the world around them. Each episode provides new leadership lessons so you can learn how to embrace your own influence. Leadership has nothing to do with title or position. That leadership has to do with impact. And the role of a leader isn't to create followers, it's to enable more leaders. Take away leadership qualities that inspire. I think good leaders really get people brought together around a cause and can inspire them to be better than they were yesterday or to do something great. Care about others. We need teachers out there that are caring and compassionate and are interested in the student beyond the discipline that they're teaching. Show people they matter. We don't have a bullying problem. We don't even have a gun problem. We have a mattering problem. By knowing you matter. You matter to yourself first before you can matter to someone else. So further your impact. When you just authentically love your students, I just don't think you can help but grow. Understand your core values. You can tell pretty quickly any core leader, whether or not he or she is there for the mission at hand for the people that they serve or whether they're there for themselves. And align your mission. Everything we do on campus, whether it's someone in the maintenance department or someone teaching in the classroom or to coach, uh, it should tie back to our mission of impacting students for the cause of Christ. Discover how to use your influence to inspire others. That is why the relationships is so critical in everything we do, because when people know you care about them, they know yet they have your best interest, and then it sinks in. Let's welcome our host, Gary Richardson. Thank you, Leslie, and I want to thank all of you for listening to Transforming Education Leadership Lessons, where we bring in thought partners to inspire and influence your leadership. In this episode, we will be discussing leadership lessons with Danny Bauer. Danny is an unorthodox ruckus maker who has mentored thousands of school leaders through his Better Leaders, Better Schools blog, books, podcasts, and powerful coaching experiences. Danny's most recent work is Mastermind, Unlocking Talent Within Every School Leader, which is a book that reimagines what professional development can look like for school administrators. You can reach Danny at daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com. And for the uh, web address is betterleadersbetterschools.com, all lowercase. Welcome to the podcast, Danny. And if you would mind, give us a little background and context. But before that, I want to know how I become a ruckus maker. Welcome. You're in it. A ruckus maker is somebody who's innovative, right? Somebody who wants to make change, positive change in education. It's a tip of the hat to one of my mentors, Seth Godin. He's always telling people to go make a ruckus. Right. And he's influenced me so profoundly that that became a term that I started using and listeners of the podcast really resonated with that. And so that's just a part of our language and culture now. So welcome to being a ruckus maker, Gary. (laughs) I'm a fan and glad to be one. Awesome. Yeah. So in terms of a little bit about myself, you know, spent just over a decade as a classroom teacher. I never saw myself as a, an administrator with a formal school leadership title. Uh, I was working out with my buddy, Deandre, and he had secured his first principal position. He said, Danny, I need people I could really trust. They'll shoot straight with me on the team that I know have my back no matter what. And I want you to think about getting your uh, leadership certificate. I had never considered that. I loved being in the classroom. I was great in the classroom, winning all the awards, 
just all that kind of stuff adding value. And uh, all of a sudden I became a little dissatisfied just with the classroom experience. So I did pursue that certificate, you know, went to graduate school, became a school administrator. And somewhere during that journey, I just realized leadership meetings were not scratching the itches that I had, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when they brought us together, it was about important stuff, raising student achievement, that's important. Increasing attendance, obviously we need kids in schools and addressing discipline. But that's not what got me out of bed, right? It didn't, it, that's not inspiring to me. And so I was curious about how do you craft meaningful vision, right? And transfer ownership to your staff. How do you navigate difficult conversations? How do you address inequities in the system? And so I started a podcast like you talk to people much smarter than me. Uh, and I figured, hey, if I could just learn from their stories of success and failure, and the most important part, take action on one idea, I bet I'll grow my skill set. Not only did that happen, Gary, but what I didn't realize is people would resonate so much with that message. Six years later, you know, there's a million and a half downloads. And a lot of people wow. write in saying, hey, what would you do in this situation? And so I have the honor to create content, coach school leaders, and that's, you know, my full-time gig. That is me in a nutshell. Well, that's really interesting. And I did a little bit of leadership coaching for four years here, right, right here in Iowa. And I yeah. uh, worked with principals directly. And then what I have found is that I was their professional development. And that's kind of scary in and of itself. But the same with you, I find that professional development for executive leaders or principals or superintendents is, is really non-existent unless you're just one of those people that seeks it out and can, mm -hmm. can, can get the resources yourself. Knowing that, you have found similar deficiencies in how we approach our professional development for administrators. I'm assuming that's where you got going with your book, Mastermind, Unlocking yeah. Talent Within Every School Leader. Right. And, and you write about the ABCs of a master, mastermind group. Can you explain a little bit about this ABC model, which I think would be really interesting for all of those in that position today? Absolutely. Thanks, Gary. And, and the interesting thing is, so I was, I was working on the book. The content I felt great about, right? The ideas were solid. I was telling some good stories, providing practical examples. But it just didn't feel right yet. And the editor, Ariel, was like, your organization's terrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that scared me so much, Gary, because the imposter syndrome. And, you know, this is my second book. So this one's published by Corwin and the School Superintendent Association, AASA. The first one was self-published. And I hired somebody to put the book together. So it looked like a book and felt like a book, right? And it was organized in that way. The editor, she took all my crazy ideas and put them in the right order. Okay. So I'm like, whoa, what do you mean? That's my job, right, Ariel? That's your job. Your title is editor. She's like, no, sorry, this is you. So I was quite worried about that. I didn't know if I had the skill set. And it's an important story that I share because the leadership lesson is often we plow through, we dig in, we, we put more hours in, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not the recipe for success. The way I created, and I'm very, very proud of this book now, I stopped writing a book to write a better book. 
And so Alba here, I would take her out on walks. She's a little puppy, Australian Labradoodle. We'd get out into Berry Park, which is here in central New York, you know, in Syracuse. Uh -huh. We'd walk around and I would just let my mind wander. And I was chewing on this idea. Why does the mastermind work? Because for me, Gary, you know, it's, it's a lot like riding a bike, you know, like I don't think twice about the right. magic that occurs every single session, but that doesn't help the reader. You know, you got to get out of your head, you know, and get it on the page. And many books that I admire, one recently we actually read in, in the masterminds called Radical Candor by Kim Scott. She has a framework, right? It's a Y and X axis. It's about giving powerful feedback. And in her view, as long as you care personally and challenge directly, that's what she calls radical candor. And it lands well with people. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. So what was the framework? Plus knowing I'm in the education industry, could I come up with something potentially catchy? And obviously in education, the foundations, ABCs, one, two, threes. So what was the A, B, and C? And started playing with that idea. Uh, it went through multiple drafts, but I landed with a is authenticity, B is belonging, and C is challenge. And when I finally got there, multiple iterations, I knew I hit it. You know what I mean? It just, it was like, yep, that is it. And so organize the book that way, the problem with PD, what's the potential solution? And then each chapter is A, B, and C in a deep dive. Just to end this little story, authenticity is safety, self-awareness, and being values-driven. Belonging is fueled by shared purpose, creating inclusive environments and trust. And then challenge is established through leadership mindset, taking action and creating a powerful community. And I'll, I'll tell you this, when I finally did that, communicated and reorganized the book, Ariel also said, we're there, like you did it. And so nice. nothing could feel sweeter, right? Like, oh, wow. And now it's out there in the wild. It's in the world. <laughs> People are reading it. <laughs> And the response has been good. So far, so good. Yeah, a lot of people posting on social. The reviews have been great. And Corwin actually pitched me, let's tell your story on how you serve school leaders. So that already was an incredible honor. But what I didn't know is that Ariel would uh, share this manuscript with AASA. And all of a sudden, she's like, guess what? What, what, Ariel? AASA is co-publishing this. And I'm like, wait, wait, the superintendent? Yeah, those guys. Wow. Like that was an incredible thing. So yeah, the, the response so far has been tremendous. Yeah. So our common contact, Jen David Lang, yes. um, who she's amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. Who did a podcast with us as well. But what had right. led to the podcast was her, her podcast about her mastermind groups that, that she uses. And right. I always thought that that is just really powerful for for principals and superintendents to have their group, whether it's coming together with a theory of practice or your, your problem of practice for the month. And problem of practice consultancy mm. project that I'm speaking of that uh, I worked with Dana Schoen on. Anyway, my point is this, is that you mentioned in your work self-awareness. And one of the things that I always hone in on and resonate with is that lack of self-awareness some people will have once they reach that position of leadership. I don't know that it needs to be a principal. It's just a principal or a superintendent. It can be a leader of anything. Are we aware of what we say and do and how that affects the people that work for us? 
And so my direct question about that is, when you talk about self-awareness, what have you found in that area? Well, you know, you mentioned a lot of leaders are just so unaware of how they impact the culture. You know, I went to a session with the World Business Executive Coaching Summit, and the guy's assertion is that you're like basically a meteorologist, right? As a leader, you are dictating the weather. I think Todd Whitaker is famous for the quote, like uh, when a principal sneezes, the whole you know staff catches a cold or yeah. the whole school. And so that is really important. And you know, I think you just don't realize like how much you're under the microscope or the magnifying glass. We all have blind spots. And I think the difference between the highest achievers and um, those others, like is that self-awareness piece, but also surrounding yourself with trusted group, right? A personal sure. board of directors who can call you on your stuff and say, you know, you might want to rethink that. The nice thing about self-awareness is that it can be taught and you can grow it. Again, within the masterminds that I facilitate, we read a great book. And so for your listeners, check out Emotional Intelligence 2.0. The nice thing about that book is that there's a, uh, there's a survey you can take to measure where your self-awareness is, where your okay. uh, self-management, they call it, social awareness and relational management is. And then they have very practical about 15 activities per component of emotional intelligence that you can practice and then take the assessment again, right? And uh, I just happen to have the book here, you know, in front of me, and I'd love to share with you in the audience, you know, in 2019, my self-awareness was rated a 69, my self-management a 67, and social awareness 74, relationship management 79. Two years later, I took the self-assessment after working the activities in this book hiring coaches, reading more about emotional intelligence. My scores grew by six points, eight points, six and two. Wow. So all those areas, you can learn it, you can be taught as long as you practice it, it's, it's growth mindset. Some activities that have really helped visiting my values, just reflecting at the end of the night. If I say I'm this kind of leader, did that show up in my practice today? Or did I live in misalignment with my values? I am really into journaling. You know, I never was a big journaler and now I have a morning and evening routine and it's just a review of the day, right? And doing that, you know, over time, two years, every day, like you learn a lot about yourself, you see patterns and you address that stuff. The last thing I'll say in, in terms of a secular practice of meditation, I've noticed a lot also what goes on in my mind, how quickly it dissipates and how emotions and that kind of stuff bubble up inside of me. The authors of, of emotional intelligence, they did a survey of half a million leaders, right? So that's, mm. that's a pretty big sample size. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, they found that only 36% of those leaders they tested could accurately identify their emotions as they happen. And that means basically almost 75, almost three quarters, what is that, 64%, of leaders are doing things influenced by their emotions and not even understanding why. Sure. So if you've ever said, right, why did I say that? Why did I respond in that way? Or how come I keep finding myself in this spot? Boom. <laughs> That's a lack of self-awareness. You need to do some work. And the good thing is you can make it better. Yeah, I was going to ask you to give me specifics on how you would address self-awareness <laughs> and you just gave me a whole list. So I appreciate that. Pleasure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was good. So in Thank your you. mastermind groups, 
You ask principals to bring problems of practice to the group. And so when, when I read that, my first thought was, I wonder if you can share some of the problems that principals are, are encountering, because I think principals that listen to this would find that interesting in a couple of ways, that that problem exists and they're not the only one with it, but that there are people that are asking for the help to find a solution to that. So how does the collaborating in, in the mastermind influence this problem-solving process? Two ways I want to look at it. One, you said, I think, makes people feel okay in the sense that, wow, people are experiencing this not only throughout our nation, but around the world. Because we have we have members that represent schools in every continent except Antarctica. That equalizes the experience and normalizes it. The other thing, too, is it helps leaders switch from a reactive to a proactive uh-huh. sort of view because you're constantly talking about what's going on. And the nice thing is that for some school leaders, they're either reminded what they need to be preparing for, because we are talking about those problems, or people are sharing something that they just had no idea existed, you know? Sure. And that could be quite wild because it's like, whoa, that thing is happening. I mean, a very practical example would be, hey, you know, obviously the pandemic's here, And we had schools that were starting to shut down before others. So we learned about their experiences. So those schools figured that out. And then there were return of students, right? And so there was a lot of fear around that. And the staff was scared. And anyways, how was that for you? School leader can unpack it. And then that helped just build a mental model for a leader to understand, like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Yeah. We are visiting with Danny Bauer, author of Mastermind, Unlocking Talent Within Every School Leader, in this episode of Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. Danny, you work a lot with creating culture in a group. What tips do you have for our listeners in creating a culture in a group or a team? Great question. So in terms of like culture, one, I mean, you know, you hear in the podcast, we started this show with the ruckus maker idea. So I think it helps to have like a flag to wave and just to have a a shared identity. So that's something. Also, I think, you know, consider trust a lot, right? And uh, there's some researchers, Zinger and Folkman in in 2019, they also did a quite extensive research study of 87,000 leaders, but they found that trust is built obviously with positive relationships, you know, like that's the foundation. Also good judgment. So not having all the answers or always making the right choice, but that people believe, you know, you have a sound head on your shoulders. And the last piece is consistency. There's a Canadian author and coach named Lance Secretin, and he says that authenticity is the alignment of head, mouth, heart, and feet, thinking, saying, feeling, and doing the same thing consistently. This builds trust and followers love leaders they can trust. So to me, like culture building is also trust building. It's active listening. I don't know if it's default. Hey, you've been hired as the quote unquote leader. And so you need to give the answers and always be directive. But I think it helps, right? To be very curious, be very open-minded, ask a lot of questions and just be an awesome active listener. Sure. Danny, what's one thing right now you're working on that might surprise our listeners? One thing I'm working on that might surprise you. Okay, I got it. Uh, we were doing a book club meeting, uh, cause for this book, I'm running a free book club. So it's kind of cool. 
meet, you know, other amazing leaders and then read the book along with me. And we got on, uh, so actually the, the story there is the book shipped out late, supply chain stuff, COVID, okay? So we had our first meeting, but people don't have their books. So I brought some massive value teaching on this thing called the five levers of effective school leadership. One of those levers is to plug into the matrix because resisting technology is futile. And that's funny because the lever before that was like avoid technology, okay? So there was a contrast there. <laughs> But the idea that people really resonated with is, you know, catch yourself when you're talking and you say, every time this happens, I need to do X, you know what I mean? So there's a trigger and then there's an action. And that signifies the process could probably be automated. Like actually a human being might not even need to touch it. I have tons of examples from the business side of things. So for example, like we're doing a podcast right now. So if you were on my show, there'd be a Google spreadsheet. It would have uh, the dates, your name, the episode number, the title, and a link to the show note. And once that information is entered on that line of the spreadsheet, automatically using a tool called Zapier, it scrapes that spreadsheet. It creates a card in Trello. It tags two people on my team. And so now it's in audio production. The show notes are being written. And I've only added that information on the spreadsheet, right? And I don't touch the rest. Huh. And then the show just gets produced. Social media goes out. I didn't touch that. Uh, the audio's mixed. I didn't touch that, you know? So it's like an automatic process. So that's an example in my world. And one of the, the principals, Kim was her name. She was talking about a, like just a, a weekly meeting that she has with a culture team. And they always use the same template for the agenda. And sometimes she forgets to prepare it or send it out. And we're like, well, Kim, that, that can be automated. Right. And you can, the trigger could be, let's say that every third Monday, you know, a new template is made and you can write the email just one time, right. To your group. And it could be sent off on your behalf. And then it's just going to work. Right. So something that I'm working on that might be surprising is I kind of want to build like some type of experience or a course that would teach school leaders to look for those opportunities and then actually show them how to automate it so they could focus on the things that they could only do. Of course. Like providing incredible feedback, you know, for teachers, working on vision, building relationships with strategic partners and, and get the rest of the boring stuff out of the way. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Thank you. Leslie and I will have a talk about that, I'm sure. What are you curious about right now in the world of education, Danny? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just worried about like the soul of education, I guess I would say. Man, educators are getting beat up. It feels like it's being more politicized. And mm. you, you see in the news, right, like Board of Education meetings that basically nobody paid attention to are now, wow, hotbeds of like discussion and, and tension and all this kind of stuff. So I'm just hoping we can make it through, you know? educators just feel beat up and I love school leaders. So, you know, just want to take care of them through this process. I'm interested in how we've got to the point of where we pit one group against the other yeah. in, in a variety of ways. And it's right it's, in an education that it's hurtful to only one group students, mm. um, mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. although it makes life difficult for those that teach students. That's for another podcast, I'm sure. Is there something you're reading right now that you would really recommend? Sure. Uh, Ryan Holiday came out with a book, too, called Courage is Calling. 
and he's he, he's written a lot about stoic philosophy if you're an aspiring author or a, a veteran author he wrote a great book called perennial seller he's just he, he he's well researched he tells great stories the stuff he puts out i mean it's like a grand slam every time honestly and so uh, courage is calling is is a really great book so get that get that after you get mastermind unlocking talent within every school leader <laughs> but that that is really an incredible book, and it's something I'm reading right now. Yeah, sure. great, thank you. Hey, is there something that I should have asked you that I just didn't know enough to to ask? No, I think I you know I really enjoyed our conversation. So there's no, there's nothing that I can think of. I think we covered it quite nicely, and um, you know I just want to encourage listeners to check out the book. I've Jen specifically told me it's well researched. It feels conversational. There's a lot of great case studies and practical examples. And I, I take that as a high honor because I've, you know, she reviews a lot of stuff that's out there, right? She doesn't do the main idea on every piece, you know, that's written. And uh, she was impressed with it. So impressing her was like, huh. that was a big deal to me. And um, so, yeah, that, that was something I'd love to share. Yeah. Well, the mastermind process is, is something that just through the years, I wouldn't have named it that, but that concept has jingled around in my head for a long time on how do you get people to sit down and help each other. And it normally right. comes around, comes back to the time of day and can you all get there at the same time and when is yeah. that? But, but I'd like to continue the conversation with you as we move forward. And yeah, well, there's a very brief story there. You know, like in, when I was an administrator in Chicago, the challenge was the time of day, the commute, yep. childcare, and that kind of thing. And so uh, these local meetings I wanted to run didn't happen. So when I opened it up virtually to the world, all of a sudden, you know, at this point, we have 75 something leaders in seven different cohorts, you know? And uh, so you find the people who are hungry that have, you know, will make the time and want to connect in that way. And uh, back to your question too, like in terms of what you could have asked, like you might not know this, but masterminds have been around forever, right? It's, it's typically used in the business community, but Napoleon Hill in Think and Grow Rich, you know, that book's probably like a hundred years old about at this point, he talks about the mastermind back then. And people like Andrew Carnegie, uh, Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, uh -huh. they all, even FDR, they all had a mastermind as a part of their recipe for success. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thanks. And thanks, Alba, for being part of our group today. And we appreciate what you brought to us. And thanks for your time. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. And I know your time's important. So thanks for having me on the show. All right. Let's stay in touch. Thanks so much. Brilliant. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks to Danny Bauer for giving of his time and sharing his wisdom as we reflect on leaders that inspire and influence education and our world. Leslie, I thought Danny was really good and just kind of like into the conversation. So he gave us a lot of good points. What'd you find? Absolutely. What a ruckus maker. <laughs> yeah. Someone who's so innovative and, and wants to make that positive change and that just 
ooze out of him, uh, his love for growing leaders and, and really investing in not only students, but those that are uh, influencing them. So he talked a lot about the mastermind group and from his book, this idea that's been around for a long time, having people around you that are creating that community to all grow together. And this ABC model authenticity, belonging, mm-hmm. and challenge. So within authenticity, the safety, self-awareness, uh, under belonging, shared purpose, building trust, and challenge really that leadership mindset and growth mindset as well. So we oftentimes, as he mentioned, sort of just plow through in our leadership or in our daily tasks of the more I can fit in, the more I can do. But his way of stepping out and getting out of your own head to really solve a problem or or issue was inspiring. I think his approach of getting off your island and joining a group and sharing what are problems for you and using that mastermind group to help you become better, even going back to, as he said, some of the old leaders at the turn of the 20th century, in the 1900s. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was good. What else? Yes, he talked a lot about self-awareness, yes. which is awesome, and, and the idea of emotional intelligence. So you can only understand others as much as you understand yourself, I really believe, as well. So some of those practical tactics that he talked about was journaling every day, meditation, and really understanding mm-hmm. your own emotions and identifying them, naming <laughs> them gives power over you know what's happening as well. So stepping back and knowing why am I doing this or, or why did I respond in this way to so you have the understanding of the power and control you have over others as a leader as well. So did you understand what he was saying about how he just creates the Google sheet and then away it goes? You know, his technology is maybe even past my my <laughs> level. So I've got some research to do. I, I love the idea of automating, which we know well yeah. in the marketing world. So seeing that come to education and really equipping leaders or even educators to say these small things that take away from the really important things of relationship building and investment, why don't we do more of that? So what a great challenge to Yeah, just to have a good idea that, that you can put on something that goes ahead and follows through when the phone rings or somebody needs your help or you, you've got to go visit a classroom. That's very interesting. We'll have to look into that a little bit more. So, And then uh, finally, the books that he recommends. Yes, anything from Ryan Holiday. He has specifically mentioned Courage is Calling, of course, the mm-hmm. Emotional Intelligence EQ book, and his own mastermind, Unlocking Talent with Every School Leader. And that, that's really good, too. It's practical. It gives people tips on how to solve problems and how to become a little bit more aware of what their actions were doing. It is good. I, I can recommend that. So thank you. And thanks to you for listening to Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. You have a lot of options for podcasting, and we appreciate you spending time with us. As a leader in education, you matter, and how you lead matters to a whole bunch of people that you serve on a daily basis. You were created for significance. Thanks to Leslie and Mike for helping with the production of this. And for Leslie and Mike, this is Gary. Until next time, inspire and influence. (laughs) 